0: Episode 6, Judge Not. And with me today is Pastor Eric Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome.
1: Good to be here. Thank you. you.
0: We are talking about a topic today that uh, we hear in our lives often and is oftentimes um, distorted or there's big misconceptions. And it is judgment and judging rightly and. We're just going to kick it right off by going into some misconceptions that we hear when it comes to judging.
1: Right, sure. I think, I think we, we would all agree that the unbelieving community out there, those who do not identify with Christ, this is the verse that they, they know the most, well, just from memory, and that's "Judge not." Um, and what's sad is what we found is most Christians kind of have fell into that without reading the actual context or understanding what Scripture teaches. Um, we we have failed to engage our society in certain areas of, that are very important because we've felt like we were obeying some sort of command in Scripture when, to be honest, we've not read the whole chapter. and We've not even went down further to see exactly what God is telling us here. So, uh, so many times we, we see people in sin, we see them um, making terrible judgment, play, uh, judgment calls, and, and what you hear back is, judge not. And, and we see Christians backing off when they need to be leaning in with the truth. So that's what we hope to address today, just to equip believers to understand what it truly means and if we are to judge or not.
2: Yeah, I think one of the, the big problems with this specific topic today is most of the time when people say judge not or only god could judge me which is one of the That's worst the scariest. things you could say ever yeah. <laughs> yeah. only the holy righteous creator of the universe can judge me well <laughs> you'd be begging for his mercy if you knew but <clears throat> yes but usually this happens when when things that they know they are doing wrong are happening like usually that's when I would say, judge not, right? Lest you be judged and let he who is without sin cast the first stone, things like that is because usually something's happening that we know that we're being convicted of uh, something that shouldn't be going on. And I think this is where the misconception comes up. And I think, unfortunately, the, the, as pastor Aaron said, the church has stayed quiet. I think there's a plethora of reasons. Maybe we'll get into that here in a little bit, but, yeah, this misconception comes from a place where we already know, we're already being convicted of maybe what's going on in our life, and it's where we run because we don't want that to come to the forefront of our mind and, and our heart.
0: Yeah, and, and I think this, the judgment for Christians, it, it's a door that swings really wide both ways, like there's the Christian who judges everything that someone does, and then there's the, like we started off with, I am judging let God judge, I, I'm just going to love them and, and not, not do that. And I think you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with if we're thinking that we're going to judge them, we have something going on with us as well. And we don't want that brought to light.
1: Yeah. It's, such, it's such a delicate balance, right? Everything in the Christian walk and in our lives is about balance. And you can fall, fall way over into um, where, where you're simply judging just to be unkind to never be gracious and to not show that there is grace. You know, you're just giving people all law. And, and there's danger in that. We should show the love of Christ. We do need to be gracious, but to do so, we need to show them that there is a standard, that there is a place to point them. And that doesn't lead to, as we've said a million times throughout services and in the podcast already, the law that God has placed out for us to follow is not to steal our joy, but to lead us to it. So when we have a right eye on what it means to follow the law, then we're actually led to freedom.
0: Yeah, and and we need to remember that that standard that we're judging up against isn't us. It's not me. It's not Bobby. It's not Aaron. It's not us. And it's it's God. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think before we really go into even more. Can we read this passage just to get the whole context? Because I think often we, I mean, like Aaron said, most people, most people memorize the first part, this, this first verse in Matthew seven, but we don't really take what the the passage is saying. So, um, I'll read it for us. So it says, judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it would, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, "Let me take the speck out of your eye" when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take out the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I think that's really important to see really how that plays out so there isn't this stoppage of judgment which is actually a good thing. It's a, it's a helpful thing to see something wrong, call it out and help. But there's a way to go about it. And I think that's what we need to really address what's going on. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And so our goal here today,
0: <clears throat> excuse me, is to speak biblically on how we do this process. And we've got um, verses that we're going to use. And, and you know, our, our goal is, here is to let people understand that this is not coming out of a I'm better than you place. Um, This is coming out of a we're all striving to be like Jesus
3: place. Amen. Amen. And um, uh, what I'd like to add to that is scripture uh, that points us to um, how to rightly judge. Uh, Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you have gained your brother but if he does not listen take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses and keep that in mind if he refuses to listen to them tell it to the church and if he refuses to listen even to the church let him be to you as a gentile and a tax collector uh, Jesus was pulling scripture, uh, quoting scripture from Deuteronomy um, chapter 19, verse 15. Um, pull it up real quick. Uh, Deuteronomy 19:15 says, "A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed." Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. And Paul quotes that as well.
1: So we're talking about basically the the application of church discipline, right? We're talking about how this all goes down and and the standard of it and how we judge righteously through it, right?
3: Right, amen. And it's based upon Scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 1, Paul says, This is the third time I am coming to you. Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, this is actually how that t- takes place. Um, for the whole chapter is talking about church discipline itself. Um, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and even of a kind that is not tolerated, even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant, ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit, and as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So the Bible clearly makes a point that we judge, but we judge rightly. We judge based upon scripture, based upon God's word. If, uh, if there is blatant sexual immorality in our church and um, it's based upon two or three witnesses, of that, then we are to, um, execute church discipline, go to that person in love. And the whole purpose is to, for that person to be restored, not to say, aha, I got you, but to actually restore that person back into, um, the body, um, leading to repentance of of one sin. Um, so the whole idea is restoration. And it's, uh, um, uh, Again, not our word, not what we think, not what we feel, but based upon Scripture. And what Johnny said, I would like to uh, go a little deeper into that. Johnny was bringing up a point that people know when they're doing wrong, and they don't want people to uh, point that out. Um, There's such a thing called the inherent moral law, in which all tribes, all peoples, all nations, everywhere know there are certain things that are wrong. Uh, It's the inherent moral law. We know murder is wrong. We know that raising children is good. Uh, We know that care for the elderly is good. How do we know these things? People don't want to, people that um, do evil know they're doing evil and they don't want those things being pointed out to them.
1: Well, for so long, I think this passage has been a escape route, you know, just don't hold me accountable, you know, and, and, and like we see so many times in the scriptures, when light invades the darkness, the darkness flees or it retracts. It doesn't want to be brought to the light. It doesn't want to be shown or exposed. So what you do is you, you hold up a passage like this out of context and you use it to defend the way that you live. Okay, sure. Sure, I'm living um, in a sexually immoral relationship, but you you remember what you did back then in high school. You remember what you were a part of. You remember the things that you've done. You're a sinner just like me. And we would say yes and amen. And what we would be careful to not do is disobey Matthew 7 and what Jesus was teaching and to say, we, we must repent of the sin in our own life, be right before God, and then we can go to our brothers and sisters and say, in love, again, like you were saying, Gene, not as excommunication tool, but as a restoration tool, say, hey, listen, this is what the scripture says. This is what the Lord has taught. To be right with Him, you must repent from this sin. Mm-hmm. And so we do that in love after first we have confessed our sin. It's, it's almost like a parallel between the way we observe communion, the Lord's table here at Eden Chapel. What do we do at the beginning? Not only do we fence the table, we warn people about partaking unworthily, but also we take a time to confess our sin first. Before we can be into that deeply intimate relationship with Christ as we're designed to be, we must be confessing. So once we confess, then we can partake and then we can move forward as we are supposed to do as believers in Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. And Amen. what what Matthew 7 is really showing us is really two things big that Jesus is saying that, that I see pretty clearly in this passage is number one, Jesus isn't saying to not, don't judge anyone. He's just saying first examine yourself, mm-hmm. examine your own life. If you have a log in your eye, remove it before you go try to remove a speck. And I think Jesus is actually using hyperbole here to, almost make you laugh a little bit. Imagine someone with a two by four trying to help someone with a speck in their eye <laughs> remove. Like it's it's actually kind of a funny imagery, but he's showing how ridiculous it is to hold someone to a standard that you're not living yourself by. But then that gets to the next point. The standard's really important. And in this analogy that he's using, the standard is seeing clearly. And so the standard isn't just a little speck in your eye or uh, the standard certainly not having a log in your eye so we don't look to other people to get what our standard is we see okay seeing clearly is the standard so mm. we want to help ourselves and others by whatever means necessary to see clearly and then i think that's what we say okay so let's the standard is not be like me mm. the standard's not be like pastor gary the standard's not be like this celebrity christian or whatever it is the standard is be like jesus so Mm -hmm. it means i need to repent of whatever sin in my life it is it might be a log Uh, but i want to help you once that happens to remove the speck that may be in your life so that we can both look like jesus and that's what he's calling us to
0: and this is a this is a not the most comfortable thing to do because no one likes to be told that they've done something wrong and then no one likes to tell anyone or at least a lot of people don't like to
2: tell people that they're doing something wrong right and now, just before you said what I do I think what I find really funny about this whole situation is people do like to be judged like we're saying don't judge me but what we actually mean is don't judge me in the way that would contradict what I think is right because mm-hmm. I think of one of my my favorite Christian rappers he says People tell me not to judge, but what they means? Don't be offensive. If I were to judge, you or cute. You would call it wisdom, and so it's it's that idea is like, okay, judge me as long as you affirm me, as long as you make a good judgment about me. The minute you don't, you make a judgment that would, you know, be offend offensive to me. Then then you can't talk. Yeah, then absolutely. don't judge me. So well, yeah,
1: I think it goes into a deeper problem. That a friend of mine sent me a podcast episode that spoke well to this. And it's a distortion that our entire society has in regards to what it means to be sympathetic and what it means to be empathetic. Being sympathetic means you're standing outside of the problem, you're reaching in and you're saying, I hate that you feel the way you do and I hate that that you are where you are, but let me point you to a standard of truth. Being empathetic, I think, is a cancer of our society we automatically go to the person, we believe them, all that their truth, whatever they're saying is their truth and that's what matters most. We're not investigating, we're not bringing truth to it. What we want is I want Bobby and G and Johnny to come and just believe me and just to, just to feel sad like me. Yeah. Don't point me to something, just feel bad for me just so I have company. Yeah. Well, the problem with that is that's not building up any of us. That's you telling me a lie that I'm okay to believe a lie and to stay in my whiny state rather than calling me to be a man or to, to trust Christ where I'm not trusting him. And and so we've mixed that up. We do not want people to show us our sin, and I wonder how many of the people who would say judge not would, would ever even accept Jesus as an authority. They wouldn't. Right in that place. They're just saying I'm denying what God has said in his word. I know you've done it before too. Therefore, it's okay.
0: Yeah, that, somebody said it. Maybe have said it earlier when we did the, the you know, our little powwow before the, the podcast. They really don't want only God to judge them because He's a righteous judge, yeah. and and you know that's that can be scary if we really break down what that could look like because what we deserve is death. In hell right. yeah. yeah exactly
1: we don't you you never want what you deserve you and the scariest thing to fall into is the hands of the one who can condemn the body and the soul into hell Jesus said that himself uh, it's it's very small thing to be judged by any of us man yeah. Yeah. big deal who cares and that and that, that honestly I mean I'm not gonna open this can of worms but that's that's another weakness Of our society again today if you don't completely fall in line and agree with everything that I say then then you're just cut off I can't accept any truth from you you know if you just don't agree with me then you're not loving to me when you're you're canceled exactly you're canceled and you're we're absolutely just saying many of the Christians are just retreating oh that's right judge not that's because I'm a sinner too and we've taught we've taught them well that they are But in fact, this is where we must engage. That way people can see the truth of the gospel in everything that they do.
0: So the main question here, I guess, is how how we do this? How do we
2: prep ourselves, prep our people to judge rightly? I think the most important thing is bring the Lord into the discussion. Bring His word into the discussion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't put don't put your sword away just because the other person might not believe in it or believe in its power. It's, it's the standard that we call people to because it's the the word of God and, and the spirit of God is the only thing that can change hearts and lives. And so why would I put that away when I'm calling someone to repent of sin and trust in Jesus? Why would I ever put that away? And so when we're, especially when we're talking to brothers and sisters in Christ and we're we're confronting them as hard as it might be, uh, we do that because we know that for one, God is faithful to use his word and he can by his word, by the power of the word of God, by the power of his Holy spirit can call them to himself. And so that's why we, we bring the Lord into this discussion. That's why we call two or three witnesses and, and Matthew 18 goes on to say that where two or three are gathered, I will be there. Because uh, God is faithful in um, being there when sin's confronted, when holiness is commanded. And he's faithful to be there and to judge rightly and do well. would
1: not that it, it funny how, I mean, is there, besides maybe Philippians 4.13, is there a more taken out of context passage than that? Absolutely Maybe not. Jeremiah 29, Maybe <laughs> Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You just, yeah, you, you had to go there. That, that's for sure. Let's look on the back of some t-shirts. Yeah. So we can find them. But where two or three are gathered together, so many of us have been like, now that two or three are gathered together, God can move. Like is, he's limited to move until two or three get together. Now, come on now. No, he, he can move anywhere he pleases with one or, or a million. It doesn't matter. But, but going back to what Johnny said, at, um, my favorite pastor uh, Vody Balcom gives an example we've used in church many a times. He said if, if someone went, if there was a thief and he went to rob someone and he pulls out a gun and he says, "Your wallet or your life." And the person being robbed or mugged turns back to the robber with the gun, and he says, he says, "We have one problem here: I don't believe in guns. So immediately the thief puts away his gun and walks away. And he said, now, not that I condone robbing people, but at the same time, this is what we as Christians do. When someone says, oh, I don't believe in the Bible when when we bring the standard of the word to bear. And many of us Christians simply put away the word. Oh, you don't believe in the Bible? Do you know what John says in John chapter 10? Oh, I'm sorry, you don't believe in scripture? Jesus says here, why? Why do we do that? Why do we bring it to bear? Not to be obnoxious, but because there is no other standard to go by. And so because it is the standard, because it comes from God, because it is holy and righteous and good, this is the only way we have to go. And it isn't our judgment as we begin this, this whole episode with. It's not our judgment. It's far, far above us. And this is why we hold to it. This is why we hold fast and this is why we bring it to bear for others.
3: Amen. I'll just uh, reiterate a little bit of that. We um, absolutely have God's standard, the Word of God. And that's what we uh, use to rightly judge. And and more than that, um, examining ourselves by that same standard, by the Word of God, uh, repenting of our own sin, um, as the Bible says, to "Remove the log so we see this back in our brother's eye," and so that's um, uh, so using God's word um, as the standard um, to rightly judge sin, both for ourselves and for others.
2: I think, Bobby, when you say so, how do we do it? I would probably do go three three main steps, is what I would see, just like G said. So examine yourself. You know, if I'm going to my brother that I know has been in sin, I'm going to examine my own self so I can properly engage with them. And if if I know that there's sin, then I confess it and repent. And then I go to them, and I go to them with the standard of God's word. So that would be step two. Go to them with God's word. Uh, if necessary, in Matthew 18, go with God's people if it per- persists. And then last, see God work by way of forgiveness, redemption, and reconciliation uh, with the power of the gospel. And so I, that's that's kind of how I would see it work is examine yourself, repent of sin, and then go help your brother look more like Jesus. The,
3: the whole point of, uh, of this is, is we do this out of love. It's not to say, ha-ha, I got you. It's to say, I love you. And I want to see restoration, and I want to see um, repentance. And I, brother, I'm or sister, I'm praying for you. I'm praying with you. Uh, that's the whole point.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think as, you know, as the theme goes on, what I would encourage every Christian to do is not be afraid to to confess your sin and to admit your need for Christ. That is not the moment when you're speaking to others about where they've fallen. Is not a moment to be proud in yourself. There's already a sensitivity in the whole situation where you're coming up. You're bringing up a difficult topic. You're calling them out in love. No matter how loving you do it, it's going to be difficult. But the last thing you need is to be prideful in your own sin. It's not to say no. We're here talking to, about you. Admit you're wrong. And this goes into us as fathers, mothers out there, children um no matter what someone has done to you you don't circumvent that with who's made the worst you know sin against who what you do is you understand how much and you make it clear how much you need the forgiveness of jesus christ and all that you do so not coming pridefully as we move forward as we confess it's just like it's almost like the whole building of the lord's prayer right there's confession of sin there's adoration there's confession of sin and then there's speaking of truth, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to do in every area of life. Amen. Yeah, it,
0: there's, a, there's a
1: sense of accountability.
0: Um, you know, I, I want you to do that for me, and, and I want to do that for you, again, so that we can all be pointing back to Christ and glorifying Him in what we do. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, a, it's a sign of not being mature when we can't yeah. do this. Yeah. It's one thing for the world to buck and, and to balk at us coming with this kind of truth. But when we can't do this with ourselves, then we're, we're saying that God's model is not good or we're just not mature
2: enough to receive the truth. Yeah, that's the main problem is we've let how the world has seemed to take, especially Matthew 7, 1, and that's affected how we care for one another inside uh, the body of Christ and we need to change that we need to care about one another just like you said Bobby like, yeah
0: and, and there's you know it's it's sad but there's just no room in today's society for a discussion or a, a disagreement without you know heated arguments or blow-ups or whatever and that's the direct opposite of
1: how we should be as Christians yeah exactly and, and it's sad we we need to win that back you know we need to be the ones who are the example of truth and loving each other enough to move forward and to walk without saying, um, it really, in the light of things, it's like Paul says, it means very little of me to be judged by you. We need to understand that, but we do need to understand who is judging us. And we need to understand that his word is perfect and we must be right in his sight to have a right relationship with him. So when we value that above all else, we'll we'll accept even the darkest and most difficult um, criticism, trying to find truth in it as it leads us to a deeper and a more perfect repentance in the eyes of Christ.
0: Yeah. Well, gentlemen, as we wrap today up, um, I just want to ask if anybody has any final thoughts that they'd like to throw in here um, as we kind of close up this topic of, of judging uh, on this week's podcast.
2: I think I would say here at Eden Chapel, we care more about your holiness than your comfort. For sure, yeah. Probably more than anything else, we want we want you to be holy. We want you to follow Jesus. We want to see you being conformed to the image of Christ uh, day by day. And so, this this is really where that all starts: is holding one another to the standard of seeing clearly and yeah. and being more like Jesus.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyone else? No, I just echo that. I echo that and say Amen. Let's be the example. Let's set the example of what Christ has given to us. And let's love each other enough to welcome others into our lives who genuinely love us without being so defensive where no one can speak truth into our life as if we're some sort of perfection. We are nothing. You know, we, we are all a product of grace. So let's act like it. Let's, let's receive what others say and let's move forward uh, constructively for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: Amen. I'll just reiterate that we are a product of grace. We, uh, none of us are perfect. Uh, we're not in any way shape or form uh, saying that and that some we somehow have the right to judge no we we are saying that we uh, judge rightly based upon scripture and scripture alone and with that uh, we are what our desire here is to love each other and to grow together in the, the body of Christ
0: amen amen well again gentlemen thank you for this um, topic in
3: this discussion today
1: and we hope you guys got something out
0: of it listening to us um, and then uh, Aaron will you
1: close us in prayer sure I'd be honored to Heavenly father we thank you for your goodness and we thank you that you are the righteous judge we thank you that you have not left us left us off to our own devices father but you have given us the standard that we can hold ourselves and others accountable to lord may you first grant us repentance to not walk around as hypocrites. Simply pointing out the flaws of others without first examining ourselves by the power of your spirit. And then may we go out and calling others to a higher life, a life that is lived with you and your glory in mind above all else. Lord, bring us freedom. May we model what you've given us in your scriptures. Lord, what you've shown us how and how to live and how to be. Lord, we just thank you for the privilege of being family of being blood-bought brothers and sisters who are here to live for your glory. And we ask that, as always, that you be glorified above all else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.